This is Financially Tuned with Rob Burnett from Outlook Financial Center. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Rob provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. Your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Rob Burnett to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Welcome to another show of Financially Tuned. I'm Rob Burnett from the Outlook Financial Center. And as always, our trusted, never lead us wrong, keep us organized and on track co-host, Mr. Tony Shore. (laughs) Yep, I'm here. And thanks for that, Rob. Uh, It's always fun doing the show with you each week. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I know we have a good one in store today. But first, how have you been, Rob? How are you doing? Well, we've been really busy this month. I mean, just a combination of, of tax season, clients wanting to know how all their uh, retirement plans and strategies and investments are going to impact their taxes. Uh, and we do taxes for some of our clients. We also work with our CPA firms. And then we're in the month of uh, March, we're doing six seminars and we've already done five of them. We've got one more uh, to get done this month. And so, and we're just uh, taking care of all the folks from that. It's just been a very busy time for us. We're very blessed. All right. Well, that sounds great. And uh, I I know you keep busy. Uh, your schedule there. I get tired just thinking about it. You're you're always doing something and meeting with people and meeting with our listeners and your clients. So, uh, what are we talking about today? Well, last week, Tony, we talked about uh, solutions for common retirement fears, and that's a big topic, and we just couldn't get it done in one week. So we're going to finish that off this week, maybe. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but uh, the biggest thing that we do, and, and we, you referred to this on a couple of shows before, the the swan, sleep well at night. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's that's part of, you know, the, the goal for this show is to give folks that kind of comfort. So we're going to continue discussing some of these common retirement fears and a way to address them. I think it's a great topic, and I know we didn't quite get to everything we wanted to uh, last week. So I'm glad you decided to have a part two or a part due, as I say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, last week we focused on outliving your money in retirement and how Social Security and Medicare play in that scenario. And so we started talking about dealing with volatile investment markets, but we ran out of time. So I'm kind of going to pick up there as we keep going. Well, yeah, Rob, I remember learning last week from you that, you know, individual investors uh, consistently lag market returns by a factor of uh, two to one or even three to one, and uh, that we can use an investment professional like yourself uh, to improve those market returns by uh, even 3%, according to a Vanguard study. So what are some other strategies you have for us to deal with a volatile market? Well, Tony, one of the things that we focus on is helping people understand why you have certain holdings and what those investments really provide for you. Because what we believe is every portfolio, every bucket of money, if you will, in your portfolio has a purpose and you manage that bucket with that purpose in mind. The purpose may be uh, retirement. It may be leaving a legacy to a charitable cause you're passionate about. It may be buying the pontoon boat. You know, so you're going to manage each one of those things very differently. 
And so if the market becomes unstable, you want to have the confidence and the, just the comfort of knowing how to handle the change rather than making a, a panic decision, trying to uh, compensate and typically overcompensate for what's going on. So really what sets the individual investors apart from the professionals is its investment discipline. Let's roll back to the night before or the night of the presidential election, what the markets were doing. The markets had already baked in a particular outcome. And then in late evening, it looks like that outcome wasn't going to happen. It was going to be different. And the markets in all the aftermarket trading and overseas market uh, had a spaz attack. It just plummeted. And then by the morning, people said, well, maybe this outcome isn't really so bad. And the next day after the election, the market was actually up. So it's those kind of panicked reactions and the people who panicked uh, left a lot of money on the table. And so that's really what we talk about investment discipline, not letting that happen. And here's what makes the investment professionals different from the average investor. The first thing, and this is really the fundamental critical key to it, is the professional defines the exit before they get in. Mm. And what I mean by that is, let's say the exit point is that particular bucket of money or that particular investment's up 20%. That's the exit point. But then you have to ask the right question when you hit that exit point. And here's the question, Tony. You Think about it from your perspective. You have an investment. You look at it. It's just gone up 20%. What the average investor does is they take that down to a happy hour, wave it around, <laughs> and talk about how smart they are, how smart their advisor right. is. And they will utter the following phrase, let it ride, like the market's going to go up forever. Yeah. Well, that's just nonsense. That's why the professionals always win. Right. Because we're going to ask this question. You ready for the question, Tony? Okay. Here it is. Is this still a good investment? Mm. Good now, question. It's up. It, it, it's up twenty percent. So, but is it still a good investment? Well, that's a yes or no question. So let's explore the two answers. If the answer is yes, then what we want to do is we want to continue with that investment, right? Because we still think it has upside to go. We still has room to grow. It's still a positive mm -hmm. uh, force in our portfolio. But we're going to take that 20% profit, take it off the table, and go do something else with it. Mm. Well, what's something else? That's the third point. We continuously track replacements for everything in our portfolio. Wow. We're tracking, we're tracking three-to-eight replacements continuously. So when we take that money off the table, we know exactly what we're going to do with it because we're tracking the replacement. Mm. Interesting. Okay? Yeah, I, it's like my buddy who said, Oh, I have this stock and uh, I made, you know, $800 on it yesterday. And I'm like, oh, you sold it? No. Okay, well, <laughs> you haven't made anything. <laughs> and he's like, well, no, of he's, he's I waving did. that at happy hour, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He's like, I made all this money in the stock market. And I'm like, well, you know, it may be, it's, you know, a lot of times it's good to let your stocks ride. But uh, sometimes if you, if you make a lot of money, maybe you want to take those the money that you made or at least some of that and you know sell some and put it in somewhere else you know so exactly in fact you, you'll often hear in the news they'll, they'll make the comment that the market was down today due to profit taking yes that's what i just described yeah. to you that's exactly what happened so now let's let's look at the other side of the question what if it's, the answer is no this is not still a good mm -hmm. investment what that basically tells me is we think it is it's topped out. It doesn't have any more upside potential. Mm -hmm. So we're going to sell all of it 
and go do something else. Once again, we know what something else is immediately because we've been tracking three to eight replacements for that at all times. Now, we may come back to that particular investment at some point in the future because most of these investments, they're cyclical, like riding a wave. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to pick which part of the wave we want to ride on. So given that, here's the real, this is where the invest, individual investors typically fall apart. We don't want to let greed and fear get us off track. We've got a system. We've defined the exit before we get in. We ask the right question when we hit the exit point. We continuously track replacements and we follow through with the plan. Mm -hmm. That is what makes the professionals outperform the individual investors. And combining that investment discipline and preparing an investment strategy for you to follow when the market is in flux can really help with avoiding uh, making rash investment decisions and regretting, regretting it later. Wow. Well, and I think that's huge. So what should people consider then when they create an investment strategy? Well, I, I love answering that question because it's like the uh, incontinence product. It depends. <laughs> because, yeah, you know, face it, no two folks are alike. You're not like right. me. And be, be grateful for that. <laughs> uh, every day. But every day, absolutely. But it's important to understand your needs and goals for retirement and have an investment portfolio that's tailored to your objectives, your risk tolerance, your time horizon. There is no magic cookie cutter or one size fits all solution. So we've got to be individually focused when we do this. And quite frankly, when I see folks come into the office, a lot of folks are just thrown into arbitrary categories. The portfolio bears no resemblance to the risk they're comfortable with or really what they want to accomplish. And But they've gotten a good sales pitch coming up to that point. And here's the problem. With any investment strategy, people are emotional about two things. We've said this before. They're emotional about their kids and they're emotional about their money. I don't want to making an irrational emotional decision that has no bearing on the facts of the matter. You can't control the ups and the downs, but you can control how you react to it. And so having the foreknowledge of how to be ready for a volatile market with a tailored investment strategy, that's how we make sure we make the right decisions for you in your future and in your retirement. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, that's important. So what are some good rules of thumb then that you use with people you meet with to help them get a handle on this, uh, on exactly how much of our nest egg should be placed in maybe principal protected investments versus how much is okay to leave exposed to market risk? Well, Tony, as we get older, we're in most cases less comfortable with risk because we don't have a lot of years to overcome uh, multiple market cycles, a 2008 kind of cycle, which was really ugly. So, Folks are looking for safety. They're looking for security. They do want to see solid returns on the stuff they do have in the market. So we typically use a two-step process to start exploring this situation. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the first, we want to look at you know that, and you mentioned it, that split between how much we want in the market and how much do we want to have uh, safe or principal-protected investments. And so that's where we start with the rule of 100. The rule of 100 uses your age as a baseline to calculate about how much of your retirement assets should be at risk uh, in the market. So we take your age, subtract it from 100. Let's say you're 65 years old. Then 35% of your retirement assets, we would say you could comfortably put into uh, at-risk investments and put the rest of it into lesser risk investment. Because face it, you're 65 years old. You're nearing the end, in many cases, of your working career. 
you're going to have to start living on this stuff. So you don't want to be exposed to another huge market downturn and have to continue working much later than you planned. There are a lot of folks who thought they're going to retire in 2008. They're still working. Yeah. Because of how bad that was and they hadn't prepared for mm-hmm. it. So that gives us a rough estimate, but then we want to refine it. And the second step is we use what we call the color of money risk analysis. This allows us to put the human factor part into the equation. Some people can tolerate more risk than others. And so it gives us an idea of how risk averse or how risk tolerant they are within and and weighted by how old they are. So that whole approach helps you understand the risk you're currently taking because we look at what they've got today and basically make the market risk they're exposed to something that they're going to be comfortable with. Because after all, we don't want to ruffle the feathers on the swan to sleep well at night, right? Right. That's right. Uh, that's a great point. And I, I know that uh, another fear or a common concern that I hear about out there that we didn't get to last week is identity theft. This is becoming a bigger and bigger problem. What can you tell us about that and how we might be able to avoid that? Unfortunately, identity theft, the biggest targets of identity theft are retirees and the elderly. Yeah. We tend to be in that generation much more trusting. Yep. Because we grew up in a world that was very trusting and not so much now. I, I, I think the number of scammers trying to go after the millennials and the Gen Xers are not doing so well relative to the ones going after the baby right. boomers. So that's, that's, so that's the first thing. If, if you're you know basically 55 or older, you've got a big red dot on your forehead from an identity mm-hmm. thief. So that's the first thing I want you to understand. And, and if you look at uh, the Internet Crime Complaint Center, 35% of identity theft complaints come from individuals 50 and older. Yep. Okay, so it's just a big deal. So here's some things I want folks to think about. And these are just kind of common sense things. They're not necessarily all investment sort of stuff, but it's common sense stuff because it all ties together eventually. Uh, The first thing is to shred all your personal data rather than just tossing it in the trash. And that's uh, credit card statements, uh, tax returns, anything that's got your birthday, your driver's license number, your social security number, those are all things that identity thieves are going after. Uh, one of the biggest tax frauds you've been hearing about over the last couple of years is in tax refund scams. Mm, yeah. Uh, I had three clients last year. We tried to file their tax return and, and somebody had very graciously done it for them already. Oh, ouch. So that becomes an, an ugly recovery uh, situation. And one of the things the IRS has done this year is required for anybody who is electronically filing and expecting a refund, and this is true in a lot of states as well, you have to put in uh, driver's license data Mm -hmm. into the return to help combat this identity fraud scenario. Here's the interesting part. They're asking for information off the driver's licenses that nobody else asked for. So that's one of the ways they're trying to find something unique that everybody has that they can use to filter out some of these fraudulent Ah, claims. That's smart. Okay. It, it is smart, yeah. it's actually, but it's a pain in the butt for the tax repayer, <laughs> sure. but it's actually, it's, it's actually pretty smart. So, so shred all your personal data um, and, and look for community announcements. We've got one coming up here in our area, and uh, interestingly enough, on April 15th, I find that humorous. <laughs> but uh, the local Chamber of Commerce and one of the local banks is offering a free shred day. Bring in five bags of shreddable materials and they'll shred them for free or you can spend you know you know 40 50 bucks go down to a local uh, office supply store and buy a personal shredder 
They're not that expensive, and it's and it's a good idea if you're really worried about identity theft. Uh, the second thing is to to keep uh, copies of your credit cards, social security cards, and all your other documents in a safe place, preferably at home, preferably in a fireproof safe. One of the, a lot of folks will, you know, particularly the older generation, will put stuff into a safety deposit box at a bank. That becomes a problem at death getting into the safety deposit box, and it's not convenient if you need something. A fireproof safe in a house is typically a, a good a way to do it. And lastly, uh, almost lastly, monitor your financial statements. We have the ability right now to track a lot of those things online uh, through bank accounts and things of that nature. Drop in on a regular basis, see how your account's going, see if something weird has shown up that, okay, that doesn't look right, and give you an opportunity to go pursue it and maybe derail uh, somebody trying to hack into your account. So, those three things are really important, but I'm going to give you one more, Tony. This is, you know, uh, the uh, you know, get these knives and wait, there's more. RFID blocking technology. If you look at the cars we have today, they've got those chips on them that, that basically give a signal to the credit card processing machine that's unique. So it's really hard to scam uh, a machine now that has a chip in it. However, if you're buying things on the internet, that chip doesn't come into play. Wow. It's never scanned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you still have that, that particular vulnerability. And that's the one that the identity thieves are playing sure. on. So here, here's what we look at. What do the identity thieves do? They go out to eBay and they buy a scanning device yep. that'll cost them about 125 bucks. And they can walk through a room within a 25 foot radius. They can scan all of the credit card data on your credit cards. Wow. Then then they go home for and get the uh, $25 machine that they bought uh, that makes gift cards. That's how these things were originally done. And for, instead of making a gift card, they make your credit card. Then they go on the internet and go shopping. Wow. Isn't that amazing? So for 150 bucks, you can put yourself in business as an identity thief. Yeah. And when you buy good. the credit gift card maker, they give you 10 free uh, blank gift cards just to get you started. Wow. Wow. Well, that's crazy. Now, um, that is crazy. Now, we're out of time for this segment. We have to take a quick break here, but is there anything else you want to add, Rob, before we do? Absolutely. Uh, we'd love to have uh, our radio listeners go out to our website, Outlook FC. That's Outlook F is in financial, C is in center.com. And there's a wealth of information there. And for the radio listeners this week, we're talking about incomes, income gaps. Social Security, identity theft, stuff like that. We have a white paper called Solving the Income Dilemma. And it talks about a lot of the things that we're referencing this week. And I'd like to provide that free to our radio listeners uh, and ask them to come on in. We'll deliver the, the white paper to them and do a one hour, no obligation uh, consultation to see uh, how to read that, how to look at their Social Security statements, if, that, if that's what they want, and see if, how we might help them. You can also call at 937-552-9990, and we would love to, to sit down and work with you. There are 96 different months that you could file for Social Security benefits. There are over 9,000 combinations if you're married. By the time you factor it all in, there are over 20,000 calculations that need to be run to find the best way to file for Social Security benefits. 
Call our office at 937-552-9990 or visit outlookfinancialcenter.com to request your complimentary social security maximization report from Outlook Financial Center. You will know exactly what to do and exactly when to do it. Welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm Rob Burnett from the Outlook Financial Center, and I have, as always, my trusty co-host, Mr. Tony Shore. Yes. Great show so far today, Rob. Loving it and learning a lot about how to deal with market volatility and identity theft and other concerns that we have out there, especially as we pr- approach retirement. Absolutely. And one of the things that we want to kind of take at the next level, and we talk about this now in our seminars, is there's typically the, the two things that our clients are most worried about. Number one is going to be outliving their money. We spend a lot of time on that. And secondly, how much is my health care going to cost? Ah, I see. So now we, we got the debate going right now. What's that going to look like? Tony, you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know either. Uh, healthcare costs are going up and up and up and up. And I mean, some people I think have a misconception that Medicare is going to cover everything once they retire. Yeah, that that's a huge misconception, uh, particularly if we get into the long-term care scenarios. So when we talk about retirement plans and, and setting up that retirement plan, Medicare has got to be part of that strategy. Sure. Because there's nothing quicker to, to drain that retirement fund than an unplanned medical event. Ah, I see. So now I know one of the last concerns you mentioned you wanted to talk about um, was not knowing what we should do in retirement or having a quote unquote lifestyle plan. Uh, what can you tell us about lifestyle planning? Well, lifestyle planning is really the non-financial part of your of your retirement planning. So this is really kind of, why am I retired? I want to go enjoy life. I want to take this time. I've worked hard. I've gotten to this point. There's some really things I want to do that aren't financial, but are going to cost money to do. Yeah. So the retirement really gives you that freedom to do what you've always wanted to do. Uh, it could be traveling. It could be uh, spending time with your family. It could be learning uh, a new skill, a new hobby. Uh, I've got some folks who, who have been working at the same company uh, since they got out of high school. They're now in their mid-50s. Their concept of retirement is go find something new to do. So it, that <laughs> con- and they're going to retire from their current company, mm-hmm. but they don't want to retire from work. These are good, hardworking people. They love working. They just want to do something different. So I've been doing this for 30 years. I'm bored. I want to do something else. Sure. Or not necessarily bored, but just ready for that next new challenge. And they're ready for it. And so having a plan of how you're going to achieve those goals is an important factor to take into consideration when preparing for retirement. One of the questions I ask my clients is, what does retirement look like to you? Cast a vision to your own retirement. And if you can't do that, then why are you saving for it? Mm, Good point. I mean, do you think, um, do most people out there, I know you meet with a lot of people when they first come to you, do most have a plan already as, as to how they're going to adjust to retirement living? Um, they really don't, Tony. And, that, and that's the part that's uh, both interesting and mystifying at the same time. Mm-hmm. And a couple in last night, I kind of asked that question, what does it look like? And I got the deer in the headlights look. Sure. And, and, and this client's in their 60s and they're saying, guys, you ought to have a a clearer vision of that by now, because yeah. I know you want to retire. You've already set a target date to retire. Well, what are you going to do when you get there? Yeah. So that's part of it that most people just really don't. And they're going to have to understand they're going to have a shock from going to that steady paycheck. We get paid once a month, once a week, every two weeks, whatever it is. 
we're used to having that structure. That structure is now going away. That money's got to come from somewhere else. And so one of the things, and, and I rail against this, and you've heard me do this before, Tony, is our industry believes and would have retirees believe they can comfortably live on 70 to 80% of their pre-retirement income. <laughs> uh, I, I call El Toro Pupu on that. Yeah. And I don't want to take what, a pay cut. No. So here's what, but what's that assumption based on? And we had this, I had this conversation with my client last night. I said, well, my mortgage will be paid off and I have to buy lunch at work. I have to drive to work. I said, okay, that's good. So what you're telling me is you're going to get, that's 20 to 30% of your pay cut, uh, your income. Now you're going to sit at home. And you said, well, no. I said, well, let's explore that. What do you have in retirement that you don't have now? And the answer is time. Right. You got time to do things. Well, things time, that cost money. Hey, how about that? Things do cost money in most cases, but you just took a 20 to 30% pay cut because your previous advisor said you could do that. Now you got the time to do stuff, but no cash to do it with. So that's really the conundrum that we want to go work with our clients on is you really don't have to be in that situation. And knowing how to handle that transition can reduce the anxiety, once again, sleep well at night uh, scenario, and lead to a healthy and happy retirement. So there's here's some things you can do to actually start at making that adjustment. So one of them is, in fact, as many as I described before, continuing to work, but it could be scaling back your hours at your current job. It could be going finding something different. It could be starting your own small business and maybe making a business out of a hobby you really are good at and really love doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, or volunteering. You decide I'm just going to go do some charitable in the community, charitable at my church, whatever the case may uh, might be. But the important part is staying active. And that staying active is going to give us not only fulfillment, but it's going to give us longer life because the folks that just stop, quit and get sedentary typically don't last very long. That's been shown in many, many medical studies. So how you're going to choose to live that retirement is entirely up to you. But let's be ready with some options to fill in the time to help you achieve that fulfillment that you really want to do. Right. Well, you know what, Rob? We're out of time for today's show. It just flew by, but we got through everything this time, so I'm glad you did a part two. Is there anything else you want to add before we go today? Just uh, we would love to have our radio listeners uh, take a look at our website, Outlook FC, Outlook F is in financial, C is in center.com. There's a lot of resources there, and we would like to offer the radio listeners a white paper called Solving the Income Dilemma. Ah. looking at different ways to fill that retirement gap and to actually have the finances in retirement that you really need to do the things you want to do. Uh, Give us a call at our Troy office, 937-552-9990. Schedule a one-hour complimentary uh, consultation. Come in, sit down. We'll give you the white paper, and we'll also talk to you about other questions you have and maybe see how we can help you. All right. Thanks, Rob. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of Financially Tuned with Rob Burnett from Outlook Financial Center and myself, your co-host, Tony Shore. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Rob Burnett at Outlook Financial Center. Call 937-552-9990 or visit their website at outlookfinancialcenter.com. 
All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Rob Burnett and Outlook Financial Center are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.